You are now listening to the Fantasy Whisper Podcast with your hosts, Johnny, Game Time Hicks, and Big Trabby. Why, hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Whispers Podcast. I'm Johnny Game Time Hicks, and that is my co-host, Big Trabby. Today we have such an awesome episode. I'm truly excited about this one. We're talking quarterback ones, one through ten. We are your fantasy whispers here to whisper those sweet, sweet fantasy secrets right into those eardrums of yours. What do you think, Big Travi? I'm pretty <laughs> pumped for this episode too, Johnny. That's right. Talking about the top ten fantasy QB options heading into the 2018 season. What we've kind of done here is compiled me and John's rankings and then averaged them out. And we're going to talk a bit, a little bit about where we're different, where we're the same, and what you can be expecting from these guys. Now, remember, these aren't concrete rankings because things in the offseason and in training camp, injuries can come in, crazy trades. We've seen it all. As this happens, our rankings will change. And so just keep stay tuned to the podcast, obviously. But also head head over to the fantasywhispers.com where our rankings will be updated every week. Yes, that's very, very true. Also, I want to mention if this is your first time with us, first off, thank you so much for joining the Fantasy Whispers podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at TF Whispers. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, or you can head on over to the fantasywhispers.com. And we have, again, all of our rankings and all of that. And you can get to all of our social media accounts. All right, Travis, without further ado, let's jump right in here. We got our number one quarterback. We're talking your boy, Aaron Rodgers. Yes, the fantasy Jesus Christ himself, if I may (laughs) say so. Aaron Rodgers, man, what can you say that hasn't been said about Aaron Rodgers? I feel like every year we're coming in and we're talking about how he's going to be the undoubted number one. I mean, you just look at at the numbers, it's hard to argue with. Four out of the last five seasons, he's had 38 or more touchdown passes. He has been the focal point of this offense since he was named the starter back in 2009. And now he's reunited with the guy they won a Super Bowl with in 2011. And that's Joe Philbin. So that was also the guy who brought him that first MVP trophy with the 15 and one season where he put up astronomical numbers. So I expect kind of a reuniting going on there that really should boost his fantasy numbers yet again. Not that they need that much boosting. Never dip below 250 rushing yards in a season since 2009 mark. And my only concern really is the line play there in Green Bay. It's a concern as a fan. It's a concern as an owner of Aaron Rodgers. And he's now broken two collarbones, you know, and you could say partly because maybe he holds onto the ball too long or the line play. What are your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers coming into the year, Johnny? I mean, as far as the offensive line goes, I'm not too concerned. Again, it's Aaron Rodgers. We've seen him play behind a terrible offensive line before. I'm not really concerned. I'm not even concerned for his turnovers as he's never had more than 11 interceptions in a, in a single season. So that's outstanding. And that, and that happened back in 2010. So that was like a while ago. He hasn't had double-digit turnovers in, in a good amount of time. He has really good matchups going into this year. I really like his schedule. It's super friendly. He's a very he's a very accurate quarterback. He's 65% completion percentage over the life of his career. And when he's healthy, and that's an on average of like if you if you say like over 400 snaps is what I'm is what I'm gauging here. His floor is 3800 passing yards easy. 
And then you and then you add the fact that who he has around him. And yes, he did like lose Jordy Nelson, which happens to be like one of his best wide receivers over the last few years. And, you know, super reliable and the guy he could go to in the clutch and, you know, could catch every throw. He he throws his way and I could go on and on about Jordy Nelson all day. This guy's a beast. OK, but the fact is that before when Jordy Nelson went down, he didn't really have another number one option. Well, Devontae Adams is there. And he's the number one option. And through, as you know, through your research and through my research, and we'll get to Devontae Adams when we get to the wide receiver section uh, in a couple weeks, but Devontae Adams is a beast. And so I absolutely do not have any question as whether Aaron Rodgers should be number one in this rankings. I'm not afraid of anything that could possibly be thrown at him. He's got a lot of targets, like we said. He's got a good uh, quarterback schedule. He's been on top before, and he's one of the most consistent quarterbacks. So I Aaron Rodgers, hands down, number one guy in my books. If I'm drafting... I think the thing to talk about with Aaron Rodgers is since he draft, he's always played with a chip on his shoulder, always had a bit of an attitude. You don't think that after breaking his collarbone and you know he kind of had some words for Anthony Barr after that game against the Vikings, you don't think he's going to come out pissed this year trying to throw that ball all over the place? I, I look I look for Aaron Rodgers to be scorched earth, so to speak, this year. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised at all if he just lights up the entire world. All right, we're going to move into our second quarterback here, and I'm going to kick it off with Russell Wilson. This guy, I mean, I doubt him every single year, and at the end of the year, I look back and I'm like, why did I doubt this guy? I mean, he's super, super consistent, and one of the main reasons is not the fact that he throws a lot of touchdowns. Don't expect him to throw a lot of touchdowns. He's actually only thrown over 30 touchdowns twice in his career. Last last season was that season. 32 touchdowns is the max he's ever thrown. It's the reason he's so consistent and has that high level is because he has those all those rushing yards. He his offensive line is terrible and so he has to run. He has no other choice. There's no big name wide receiver you can say Doug Baldwin, but is Doug Baldwin really like a fantasy star? I mean, uh, like a fantasy, not a fantasy, but just an NFL star wide receiver. I, I mean, if he went to a different receiving group, I doubt he'd be the number one. He'd be more likely the number two. So one thing I do want to caution, and like this goes along with my quarterback philosophy, which I'm sure we'll touch on a little later. And that is, he's just too much of a risk for me when I'm picking in those early sections because he's one he's going to be one of the top two off the board so that means you're going to probably have to pay a a fourth rounder or above well as we all know like my boy tom hanks said it Wilson, Wilson. this is exactly how you're left feeling through the first four games of every single season with exception of just two seasons out of his whole career other than that all the other seasons he's started off extremely slow so i just can't it's i can't afford to start off really slow i can't afford my quarterback to start off slow will he pick up will he have a good season at the end of the year i'm sure he will i'm sure he'll be a top quarterback but i just can't risk losing those first four games you know how how important it is to get off the bat get out running quickly. And if your quarterback's not getting you those points, it's really hard to do so. Well, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit more about our theory on fantasy quarterbacks as we get closer to drafting time. And I think for me, like if you're talking about a guy that's going to be killing it towards the end of the year, that's fantasy playoffs time. I mean, that's the time you need him the most. 
So yeah, spare me the first four se- uh, four weeks. I'll get it figured out before then. We're talking about a guy who led the league in touchdowns last year. He led his own team in rushing yards. His own team as a quarterback, he led them in rushing yards. 586 rushing yards. He's I got mean, that's no just, That's shot. because Seattle has terrible running backs. That's fine. And they didn't, I mean, yeah, they drafted so you, Rashad It's going to go down. It's going to go but, down. Like here, here's, I mean, it, it will go down, but how much, I mean, I think Seattle realizes what a superstar he is, what a franchise quarterback he is. They'd love to keep running this offense through him. Yeah. You talk a little bit about his line play. It was terrible, atrocious. I know, but in the six years that he's been there, he's never missed a game. Yeah. And they just <laughs> did add Brandon Marshall today. That is true. They just signed him not too long ago. Actually, I, I don't mind this at all. I I think he could be a late round flyer. I thought he had a little bit of juice last year left in the tank. I think it adds a little bit back of what you lose in Jimmy Graham as far as a red zone threat. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if the running bank game doesn't pick up and they've got to toss it up to a big body, Marshall's had this skill of doing that before in the past. So, but like I said, I think, you know, he hasn't missed a game in six years and, you know, there's concern with the line play. The guy's been sacked 40 plus times in five straight years. Yeah, oh, I definitely have love for Brandon Marshall. Yeah, there, huh? I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised Nick's not jumping on here like all over it. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, um, so let's let's uh, let's jump on over to our number three ranked quarterback, and I'll let you kick this one off here because you you have a little bit of discrepancy already. Yeah, so our number three jointly together is Cam Newton. I'm just a little bit lower on him than you are. Um, he led the league in 2017 in, in quarterback rushing yards. They can, you know, Carolina as a unit continues to say through Ron Rivera that they don't want him running as much. And let, yet last year he ran for the most attempts or the second most attempts by a QB in the Super Bowl era. So, I mean – they continue to say they don't want him to run, and yet he continues to run. I think they realize what works there. He's a big body. He can take these hits, and he can move the ball forward. It's a cam-dominated offense. So I, I like him to continue to be you know, within the top five, maybe even the top ten. My concern is more about his durability, McCaffrey's durability, and the lack of wide receivers that they have there. See, okay, I'm going to stop you there, okay, because I'm, I'm the major reason why – because – the way we wait, wait our system. I'm the major reason why Cam is at that number three spot. And let me tell you why I think he deserves to be that number three spot. When you think about Cam Newton in his career, you think, oh, he's this super up and down kind of quarterback. He doesn't produce like I think he should. And his games are not fancy, right? Like it's like down and dirty at the end of the game. Like you didn't think he did anything. And then he ends up, you look at his point total and it gets you like 25 points. Well, he's got a major, major base in the fact that he can run like you touched on. Okay. They didn't bring anybody in there that I'm concerned about taking his goal line carries. Like, come on, CJ Anderson. You're going to tell me that you're afraid of CJ Anderson taking some goal line carries. He, did, he couldn't do it in Denver. There's not going to be a good chance that he could do it in Carolina behind that terrible offensive line, which leads me to my next point. This guy's going to be running for his life. Okay? Just like Russell Wilson, he's got a really bad line, so he's going to have to run. And if he doesn't run, he's got a lot of weapons. Dude, Greg Olson's coming back. You have Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield. Okay, you say he's not durable, but he lasted all last season. He was fine. You have Devin Funches. You just got, oh, did we just talk? Oh, here we go. 
That's right. They have DJ Moore. This guy is gonna be this guy's gonna be his go-to receiver. He's got hands of hands of gold. Okay. I think his options are fine. You talk about him finishing. He's only there's only been two times he's never he hasn't finished as a top five quarterback. Only twice. And on those two times that he didn't finish as a top five quarterback, he was injured. He didn't play all the games. So you're you're just telling me pretty much if he plays all of his games, he's gonna give me top five return. I like that. And I think he's falling. I mean, that's where I have him ranked. I mean, so like I, I, there's a lot that I agree with you on with Cam Newton. You know, I mean, you look at his career in the seven years that he's been doing it. He has 30 points or more in 18 games. I mean, I like what he brings to the table. He's a for sure top five guy for me. I think my problem comes that if he had just at least one elite weapon or two elite weapons, like, how much more could he be? Could he be that top two? Could we be talking about him instead of Russell Wilson? Probably first? not, actually, because he's not accurate. Like, he's not a good, accurate Yeah, but thrower. he can hug he the just, deep he... ball. Like, if he, think, like a Brandon Cooks or an OBJ. Like, you, you pair him with somebody like that, I think oh, you're, yeah, you're getting of course. To that top tier. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I just – I think he's just a gamer, so – I was looking at a lot of his a lot of his numbers and just like you said, the floor is so high because he has all those rushing attempts. He does one thing to take in consideration is the fact that his playoff schedule, he plays New Orleans twice and Atlanta. It's kind of difficult, but I think he should be. Isn't fun. that crazy? Just the difference two years makes. Right. Like two years yeah. ago, he's salvating at New Orleans as a as a playoff pick. You know, then they add Lattimore and a couple other nice rookies on defense. They're looking stout. Yeah, I it's um, totally true. So I think going on, moving on, we're ready for number four, Johnny. Who we got at number four? All right, at number four, we got Tom Brady, okay? I will start this off because I'm – I okay, don't get me wrong. I love Tom Brady. I think he's a good quarterback. I've actually owned him plenty of times in, in fantasy football. Still, to me, he's he lost Brandon Cooks, who was a wide receiver one, whatever you want to say. I was a big – disser on Brandon Cooks last year going to last year he still finished as a wide receiver one he gets back Julian Edelman Malcolm Mitchell and Sony Michelle he who they just drafted so that's going to be a nice little piece out of the backfield his last three years though this is this is really really I don't think it's so much of a coincidence but so each of his last three years he started off super hot and I'm talking even last year he had over his first four games he had 1300 yards passing and 10 touchdowns and then if you look at, so he's on average, averaging 25 points a game. This is over the last three years, averaging 25 points a game in the beginning of the season. You take weeks uh, five through 16, and that average goes all the way down, especially towards the end of the season, all the way down to 15 points a game. He's known to do this over and over again, where he starts off super hot. And then halfway through the season, it just goes down and you add on the fact that he's getting old. I I don't care what people say. I know that everyone thought he was going to break down last year, and I did too. But when you look at it, like Father Time is undefeated for a reason. At some point, he's just going to go off of the cliff, and I don't want to be on that train, especially if it's costing me, you know, a fourth rounder this year, which is ADP is right around there. I will pass on him, even though I know that he's going to score me a lot of fantasy points. I just, I, I don't trust him enough. And I, and the age consider, uh, you know, that, that concerns me a lot. I am concerned about the relationship between Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. You saw some really, really fishy stuff going on in that Super Bowl. Whatever you want to say, 
it just looked like Bill Belichick was like, all right, Brady, you want, you want this, you want to show people how good you are. I'm not going to coach. Right. And he, he relied on Tom and Tom didn't come through this time. And I don't think that's not a product of Tom, not being Tom. I think it's Bill Belichick check is the master behind all these quarterbacks. And I think just like Zabo says here, throw his comment up there, Johnny. Uh, He's talking about Bill Belichick. Yep. Billy does not care about your fan that when we probably talk about running backs but I I would tend to agree with you my problem is is that while there's been Bill Belichick and McDaniels and Brady they have dominated the league and I don't want to be that guy that says just for the sake of being right one year being the guy that's like oh this is the year he's not going to do it I mean 32 touchdowns and eight interceptions only last year that's some great production, Johnny. Gronk will be there. You mentioned Edelman. I keep waiting for Brady to hit a wall, but he averaged 19 points a game at age 40. So is there a wall for Brady? You know, I don't think so. I think the guy is probably sleeping in a cryogenic chamber or doing whatever he needs to do to like stay beautiful and great at football. So you're not going to you're not going to get me to pick, you know, much more than four or five guys ahead of him, at least until we can start seeing some, some, um, some actual aging. So you also have to take into consideration that that offensive line is not very good. And they just lost, he just lost his left tackle. Who's been his left tackle for a good amount of years. So that is concerning to me with all those things added up. That's very concerning. And I would not risk my draft capital. All right. With that being said, what, Oh, what's up? That's all I have to say about Tom Brady, I was ready to move on. Unless and you want to add to that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> all right. We're coming at number five quarterback, and that is Carson Wentz. I mean, this guy makes me so excited because can you believe this guy is was born in 1992? <laughs> this guy was born in 1992. So he's younger than we are. And he's just balling out in the NFL. I watched, he has a YouTube video up of when he was like 12 years old. You guys should check it out. It's just like them making random baskets out of like paper basketballs. Definitely go check it out if you haven't seen it. It's kind of entertaining. But look, when you're talking about Carson Wentz, the football player, the OTAs are, were just a, uh, this past week. Video came out with him, you know, going through a couple quarterback drills and he looked phenomenal. I, I know, I know people are going to like, oh, it's just, it's just training camp. It's just OTAs. There's no contact, there's not, but still considering the fact that how late he was, he got injured and then where he is now, like that's pretty, pretty awesome. And it gives me hope that he will be ready sometime early season. I know that, you know, you have Nick Foles there. So that's a big question. It's like, are they going to play it safe and go with Nick Foles or roll him Wentz out? Honestly, Wentz is a gamer, man. And I think if they tell him, if he tells him, like, I'm ready to go, the doctors check him out, say he's 100%. I think that this guy is going to be good then this year. When you I, look at... I think when you answer Hannon's question here, what he's got. Is he back before the season? I don't know if he's back before the season. I think that it will be game one, week one, will be the soonest that he'll be able to roll out there. I mean, I think he'll do drills and stuff. I don't think... They're not going to risk it in preseason for to risk that. Okay. But when you look at it, okay, this guy led all quarterbacks from weeks four to nine, even your guy that we're going to talk next. I won't drop the hint at who it is, but your beloved lover. Okay. He led, he had more points than Deshaun Watson over, or whoa, 
name dropper here wow. uh, over weeks four through nine with 140 fantasy points. Okay. Okay. He only busted. He only busted 23 percent of the time last year. When you're talking about from week to week production, only 23. That was three times that he wasn't a top 12 quarterback at the end of that year or at the end of that week. He's getting. He has a lot of. He has a lot of targets. He's got Mike Wallace coming in. And I know what you're going to say Mike Wallace is old, but he's better than Torrey Smith. And guess what? Carson Wentz went off last season, and I think Mike Wallace can double the production that that Smith had last year. Listen, you say I got a love affair with with Watson. I was just hearing you talk about watching childhood videos of Wentz. So I mean, I don't know who's yeah. got the more of the love, but I do want to t- talk about a couple of things. And that's the big thing is that Nick Foles won the Super Bowl MVP with the Philadelphia Eagles. They yeah. have no reason to rush Wentz back. He is their future. He is their prophet in Philadelphia. He will lead them hopefully back to the promised land more often than. So there, there's no reason to be drafting him as high as you would have to take him in order to return that value. And so I just feel like Foles, like you would have to draft Foles in order to kind of compensate for getting Wentz if you wanted that kind of return. And, who knows if that's what's going to happen? So I just I don't see him rushing him back. I would he did rise because of that video you mentioned from the OTAs. And if somehow he had miraculously came back and got work in the preseason, I'd have to respect him. I have him a little high now. I see myself dropping him as more comes out. You hear more from the coaches talking about how they won't be bringing him back so fast. Okay, right now he's at ADP is six point oh seven. So midway through the sixth round, and you're telling me you would not take a guy who's shown over weeks at a time, five weeks or six weeks, that he was the number one quarterback and you wouldn't take him behind a great offensive line in Philadelphia. Because you're I, nuts listen, if you're saying that you would no, you would not I'm take just, him. I'm just level. saying I need to see more before I'm going to keep him at that six ranking. But I have him up there. He said yeah. he ain't AP. That's because uh, he's better. That's true. Okay. He's, he's better. a different, completely position, but yeah. What? Oh, check this out. What a good shout out. Way to go. Listen, Lindsay, I just most, told most importantly, I just told the Mendocino farms employee who served me my food to check out the fantasy whispers podcast. Thank That's you so right. much for our, the shout out. Our fellow whispers are out there doing the, doing the work in the trenches for us. We appreciate you and love you, Lindsay. Thank you. Oh, I love it. Thank you, Lindsay. All right, I will let you start off with this next guy because I know that you're a love affair. Yeah, you already, you already tried to steal the thunder there a little bit. I know that's how you roll. But number six in our combined rankings is Deshaun Watson. I don't know if everybody fully understands how special this guy was during the stretch that he was in there. Before his ACL injury, he was leading all quarterbacks on a points-per-game basis in fantasy at 25. If you removed the first game, where he only played the second half, he would have been the best average per game of all time in a in that game in that kind of span at 27.7. 168.9 points were the most by any quarterback in their first seven outings, and that's what he's had. He averaged four touchdowns a game before he tore his ACL. He'll have a second year under Bill O'Brien, and historically he should see some regression, but man, can you not believe that in this kid after exactly just like Zabo said believe the hype I mean a bunch of people tried to doubt and basically Dabo Sweeney said if you pass on this guy you're passing on the Michael Jordan of the NFL and then what did he come in and do Michael Jordan like things he dominated the league for that span that he was in and I just I mean 
you, I know Johnny's going to get on here and tell you, like, can it be sustainable? If Johnny wants to sit here and doubt the guy and not take him, by all means, in every league that I'm with Johnny, I'm in with Johnny, I will be taking him before he does and making him pay on the times that we play each other. Okay. So, all right. Is Are you done? You, you done with your fanfare? I don't know. Here? If you let me go, yeah. I will talk about Deshaun Watson this entire podcast. <laughs> I bet you. I bet you you will. But here's the realistic I'm going to I'm going to throw that. OK, we are not a hopeful fantasy podcast. OK, we go based off of facts and I'm about to lay out the facts on why Deshaun Watson should not be taken where he's been taken so far this year. And that's in the fourth round, which is absolutely ridiculous. And I'm going to tell you why. OK, when you look at Deshaun Watson, OK, he only played for so many games. And I understand, was he balling out? Was he the most exciting player to watch last year? Absolutely. I will give that to you hands down. I love tuning into him. Heck, even when you were playing me and you had Deshaun Watson, I still wanted to watch the game because he was so phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. But here's some stats that just, they don't make sense. And you can't tell me as a fantasy analytics person, that you would bet that this would happen again. Okay, I'm going to just throw these out there. Deshaun Watson had a touchdown ratio of one touchdown pass per every 10 passes. One every 10 passes. That was unheard of. You know who had a better one? And that was Peyton Manning. And there's no way that Deshaun Watson is nearly as good as Peyton Manning. Okay, and then I'm going to add on to that fact. I want to break it down because it wasn't a big sam sample size to say that, oh, that was sustainable for a whole entire season. Okay. So I'm going to say, I'm going to look at the, the metric of points per drop back, which is a great stat to look at. Okay. So it's saying that every time a player, every time a player touches the ball, how many points are they generating per touch? And that's 0.73, right? You say it's never been done before. But I beg to differ. Okay, I'm going to give you a couple stats over there. Who you just talk about with Carson Wentz, who's backing him up. And that is and that's Nick Foles. Nick Foles, a couple of years ago when he had that miraculous season, you know, he had 0.74 points per drop back. Okay, so he actually beat Deshaun Watson's drop back percentage or points per drop back percentage. Okay, and then I'm going to I'm going to up it on that. Okay, so. You have Aaron Rodgers, who's who's done it. He has he hasn't gotten quite up to 0.73, but he had 0.69. And guess what happened the next season after he had 0.69? He dropped all the way to 0.51 per drop back points per drop back. Oh, how about well, you don't you don't? Sorry, what year was it? That was back in. Hold on, let me. In 2001, he had the 0.69. In 2012, he went down to 0.55. Then I'll, I'll even, because if you don't so believe you that 2011 one. 2011 to 2012 is what yes, you mean. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. so. So 2011 when they went 15-1 to 2012 when they lost that coordinator and changed coordinators. So okay. there's some underlying stats there, Johnny. And, and so far what I've heard is you've compared Deshaun Watson to the likes of Peyton Manning, Carson Wentz, Nick oh. Foltz, who just won a Super Bowl MVP, and Aaron Rodgers. So you're talking yeah. about elite guys at at a certain time frame, and and you're saying, you know, you're you're comparing his stats to people that are great that have done Wait, it. You right? haven't let me finish. You're like you're like Kanye West trying to cut <laughs> off me up at Fair the mic, enough. trying to say that. Wait, wait, Deshaun Watson is the greatest person of all time. All right, just let me finish, okay? 
hey, RG3 in 2012, 0.7 points per drop back. And then in 2013, you dropped all the way down to 0.43. Hey, how about Cam Newton, the guy that you were just hating on just a few few moments ago? He had actually 0.71 through the whole season, like Deshaun Watson had, except for Deshaun Watson only had a, a, a slight through the, half the season. And Cam Newton, the very next year, uh, year went down to 0.49. There's no way this guy could sustain all, all of that through an entire year and then leading on to the next one. And I'll tell you why. Because now teams have game film. They can really review how to stop this guy. And on a major one, you can you can ask, even, even look at the professionals that, that dissect film. What they're going to do, what teams are going to do, is they're going to drop back eight, eight in coverage. And that's going to cause Deshaun Watson to have to really be accurate with his throws, which he's not very accurate. He's just really good at like scrambling around and finding the open guy. So I'm sorry. Like, don't get me wrong. Do I think Deshaun Watson is going to be good? Absolutely. I think he's going to be a really good player. Do I hope that he's really good? Absolutely. Cause he was so much fun to watch, but being realistic and being a fantasy analytics person, you can't sit there and tell me that he's not going to regress, that he's going to stay the same. There's no way it's been time and time again that we have data upon data upon data. I can go through every single year and name you a guy who the previous year had really, really high numbers. And then the following year, when all this hype was going on, he completely busted down. And I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not, it's not worth the risk to me. You're, you're trying to, you're going to have to give up a fourth to fifth round pick. Go ahead. I will take my guy way later and I will, and I'll, I'll draft somebody else. Listen, I think that in, we got to move on here, but in the top, you know, he, last year, he was the top guy at the position while he was playing. And so I think he will regress to about number three. That's my opinion. You can check the rankings. Yeah. Moving on to number seven. (laughs) Moving on to number seven. We got Kirk Kirk Cousins. Cousins. How about that? How you like like that? that? (laughs) <laughs> go ahead and kick it off Travis let him know, let him so know what Kirk, what you're thinking on your side okay so Kirk Cousins went to Minnesota obviously an ideal situation if you talk about him getting to choose where he wanted to play excellent defense strong running game plays in a dome for eight games at least out of the year I just think that he's a guy that's constantly disrespected in the fantasy world coming into the year and then you look at it and he's finished the last three years as a top 10 fantasy QB Um, He had four rushing touchdowns and 179 rushing yards last year. He had 27 touchdowns and 4,093 passing yards. I feel like he's got better receivers this year. He's got better running backs and a way better defense. I don't see how you couldn't have this guy within your top 10. I personally have him at eight. What are your thoughts on Kirk Cousins, Johnny? So I really like Kirk Cousins. Like you you touched on, he went to the best – possible offense in my opinion in the offseason he's picked up two really really awesome wide receivers and Diggs and adam thielen he also has cooks which could be like a really good check down and touchdown machine and then he's also got kyle rudolph who just catches touchdowns and reminds me a lot of jordan reed and the fact that well he's a little bit more durable than jordan reed but you like that rapport with the tight end there He hasn't thrown less than 3,900 yards in the last three seasons, so you really like that. He's got a really, really nice quarterback-friendly schedule, so I just just don't see him being anything less than a top-seven quarterback when he's been that the last few years, and then he's going to a team that's, you know, Case Keenum threw for 3,300 yards, a little bit over, 
and in just 14 games. Uh, I know that Minnesota doesn't have the best offensive line, but neither did Washington, and that's where he came from. I'm I really do like Kirk Cousins, and I think that I I see him projected right around 3,900 yards and 30 touchdowns. Yeah, I mean I don't mind it. Like I said, I think with Dalvin Cook there. And they, you know, the defense that's going to be giving them the ball back, he's going to have plenty of opportunities to score. So I like it. I think we both agree around. We only have a difference of one spot that could change depending on how other people shake out. So number eight, we got a guy who's been kind of falling a little bit in his career and that's uh, drew Brees of the new Orleans saints. What do you got on him, Johnny? So drew Brees, I actually really, really like this season. I think that he actually comes at a pretty good value considering what he went through last year. He only finished as a QB one four times. And that's right. I said four times out of the whole season. So those of you who drafted him last year, you know, thinking he was going to give you that built in, you know, QB one numbers were way disappointed. Uh, nothing he did last year, however, makes me nervous about his ability to perform on the football field. You just got to think about it. it. They were more uh, into running last year. They had a, a touchdown to pass TD ratio of one to one. The normal amount is about two to one for the Saints. I think it will revert a little bit back to I'm not saying it's going to be a full two to one with how good their run um, game is. However, with Mark Ingram out for the first four games. I think that they're going to want to pass more to save Kamara's body, even though, I mean, he's right at that, that weight where it actually truly wouldn't affect him if he were to run up the middle all the time. Cause he's two fifteen. He's actually he's a little like bit bigger than most people. Yeah. Uh, he's a little bit bigger than most people think. And so, but I just think they're just going to pass to save his body a little bit. And then once Mark Ingram comes back, then I think you might see a little bit more passing. But you also have to consider like the weapons that he has around him. Michael Thomas, one of the best in the game. He's got Ted Ginn, who I don't know how he's still in the NFL, but he somehow comes up with these miraculously long bomb touchdowns, but catches like wide open ones over the middle. Um, but then, and then they bring in uh, Jordan Cameron. Cameron uh, yeah. So I, I do like that pickup. So, I mean, he's got a lot of a lot of weapons around him. And I just think like if you were watching his game film, there were literally like three or four touchdowns that Michael Thomas caught. But he just was like an inch out of bounds with his second foot dragging. So you turn that around and you're looking at like a 26 touchdown season. And that's going to put him all the way up at quarterback six, which is right around where you draft him anyway. So. I really think that because of how poorly he did last year and teams really worried about, oh, they're going to build it around a run offense or around their defense. I don't think so. I just think, yeah, he's not going to have those huge shootout games. I don't think he has the potential to be a quarterback one anymore, but I do think he has the potential to be like that quarterback five and give you solid you know, numbers every single week. What do you think, Travis? You, you agree with me or, or what I'm do you little... think? Listen, I hate to do this because I really love Breeze and what he does. He's very accurate and he's very efficient. I just think that we're watching New Orleans phase him out. I think that what we're seeing is they know he's on the tail end of his career. They know they have good running backs there. They know they have a good good young defense coming up. I think they're going to continue to do what's what worked really well last year for them, and that's run the football and play defense. They only improve the defense. 
And I don't think that they improved the wide receiving core as much. You know, Cameron Meredith is a nice addition. I think we say it because it's a new addition. I don't know that it's going to equate to much uptick in the passing game for me. I will say, though, that you're right. You know, Breeze was highly efficient. He had 8.1 yards per attempt. That was his best in the last 10 years. And he's always extremely accurate. So that kind of thing, it, you know, if you need him, He's going to do that for you. If you're stuck in a rock between a rock and a hard place when you're drafting and you need a guy, that's for sure. Breeze is your guy. I just don't think you can be expecting him to get those massive QB numbers that we've been unknown to or been accustomed to. All right. We got a question here from Chris Hannon. Who is better, Michael Thomas or Brandon Cooks? I'm going to I'm going to throw this one over to you, Travis. Which what's your opinion on this one? Is this for this year or this was who was better last year? No, I think. Yeah, I guess he said who was better. But since we're looking towards the future, who you got? Yeah, let's talk about this year. I like Brandon Cooks better. I think the offense is built more in um, Los Angeles to throw the football more and those uh, swing passes and screens that Cooks can be good at. Plus, he's very fast. I just watched a video the other day of uh, Sean McVay at practice screaming about how fast Brandon Cooks was. I think he's really excited to have him in that offense. And therefore, I'm pretty excited to see what he's going to be doing here in LA. All right, but let's move on to topic. Yeah, let's go on to our number 9 quarterback and that's Ben Roethlisberger. Travis, what I I know you're super high on Ben Roethlisberger this year. Why don't you try to explain to the people what what you're thinking is? Well, right now I have him inside the top 10. I think I would have to see some injuries to some of the other players to realize that he would be anything different. I mean, he finished the year on a tear. If you look at weeks 8 through 15, some of the most important weeks in fantasy, because you're talking about leading up to the playoffs, the playoff stretch run, and then the you know a couple weeks into the playoffs. He was the second best QB in those weeks, only behind Russell Wilson. He's got Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Le'Veon Bell. And I honestly think that the Martavis Bryan leaving could actually be a good thing for the Steelers. Less noise in the locker room. They've also gotten away from Todd Haley, who we have seen verbal altercations with Ben Roethlisberger having. And we noticed last year that Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers got better when they ran no huddle and they gave the keys to Ben Roethlisberger. So who comes in as the offensive coordinator this year? Big Ben's longtime QB coach, Randy Fickner. Um, So I really like that matchup. I really like the fact that as long as he's got AB and Le'Veon Bell to throw the ball to, you have to consider Big Ben at, a week top 10 every starter. And if that's the case, I got to rank him where I think he's going to be at the end of the year. So, yeah, for me, uh, I want to throw it back to the fact that again, like, like Russell Wilson, he does tend to start off a little bit slow. So I personally, my, if I'm going for Ben Roethlisberger, I let's say pre draft, I determined like Ben Roethlisberger is the guy I want to get. I would personally just let somebody else draft him. And then draft like way a oh, quarterback way later and then pick him up once that that, you know, that owner is nervous about Ben Roethlisberger, because I think that is his schedule. Once it gets a little bit more into the season, you'll be a little bit better off. And he does heat up. I do like his offensive weapons. He's got, you know, unparalleled offensive weapons, in my opinion. However, he's never really been able to completely take advantage of any of his offensive weapons. We've been saying this for the last like four or five years, and he's yet to be like that number one quarterback for the entire season, which I think he has the potential to be if he could really start 
you know, contacting with those, like all of his weapons. I just think that this year they're going to run Le'Veon Bell into the ground. I really have that feeling. I mean, Chris Hannon said it here best pay the man, but you know, I know that's a little bit off topic, but I, I just do think that they're going to end up running him and giving him so many touches and, you know, kind of using him up before they have to like pay him or they're just going to kick him out. Ben Roethlisberger's to me is a good patchwork guy. You know, if I'm streaming quarterbacks, he's like that solid quarterback that I have. And then I'm just streaming for other, you know, matchups that I don't particularly like from week to week. Um, I think that he has the ability to throw these 300 and 400 yard games. I just think he's a little too streaky for me to really want to draft him, you know, higher in, you know, he's going right around the seventh, eighth round. To me, I'd rather get like a stash wide receiver or running back there, maybe a tight end as opposed to getting Ben Roethlisberger. I'd rather wait a little bit. Yeah, I guess I just think that 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 stretch last year, like I said, between weeks eight and 15 was kind of the biggest time we've seen him do this on a consistent level. And it was more that they gave him more of the key. So I'd like to see that. I'd like to see how this year goes for him. So I am a little high on him. I'm excited for him. So we'll just kind of see how that goes. I will well, I, I just want to say one more thing about about him is that if you do happen to get Antonio Brown, I do like that pairing, that double dip. I know it's not a huge difference, but it seems like a lot bigger of a difference when you have those two. And man, if they could really connect for one of those like really classic, like 12 touchdowns, like AB has like 12 touchdowns. And then, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's giving you like 32 to 35 touchdowns and 4,000 right. yards. That could be monstrous for your team. All right, coming in last in the 10th and final spot, we have Matthew Stafford. I will start off with what I think about Matthew Stafford. And that's just, again, like Ben Roethlisberger. I'm in this area right here where I just think these guys are kind of patchwork guys. I think they're, again, a solid quarterback to draft. If you can get them at the right value and then you just use that one as your your base quarterback and then you just pick up quarterbacks off the waiver and play them if you need to. Matthew Stafford has been that guy who just, he always throws, you know, at the end of the season, you look and he's like always throwing over 4,000 yards, but then you look at his touchdowns and it's always super low. It's like 25 and it's just, I don't understand it. He had Megatron and that was the one year he kind of really exploded for the 36 touchdowns. Other than that season, he hasn't, he hasn't reached over 30 touchdowns once. And I don't think with his receiving core that he has the ability to get up above 30 plus touchdowns. I mean, I would love it if he could prove me wrong because Marvin Jones is a guy that I like, but I just don't see him throwing a massive amount of touchdowns in order to get that leap up into that next stage of like the top five fantasy quarterbacks because of the lack of touchdowns. He doesn't really run the ball that much. That offensive line is, is not the greatest. So for me, Like I said, if you are targeting Matthew Stafford, I don't think he's a terrible pick at all. I think he's a solid pick. I think that you are going to be okay with dropping him and picking up another player, or you're going to be able to play him from time to time, depending on the matchups. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with you with Matt Stafford, but he's another guy that's been a top 10 QB for the third straight year now. And so I think that he continues to be kind of disrespected. Then you look up at the end of the year and he's inside the top 10. We're talking about top 10 QBs. I've got him at nine. You have him at 10. So he's in there. I think that you keep trying to maybe compare these guys to the top tier. I mean, they're not, these guys at the end aren't going to be those top tier guys. I'm, you know, we're talking about a guy that if you're looking at the 10th best QB at the end of the year, I could easily see him being there at about nine. They have Jim Bob Cooter, best offensive coordinator name in the world. (laughs) 
They got him back for another year. And since he's taken over, Stafford has ad- averaged 272 yards a game and completed 66.3% of his passes. Um, not to mention that the Lions have finished 11th and then 10th in pass attempts. So they love to pass the ball under Jim Bob Cooter. You know, Patricia came in, he kept JBC. And I think in doing so, they realized like the offense has to run through Stafford. Anytime you have opportunity in fantasy football, that is paramount. And I think with the line banged up, like you said, without a, a for sure running game, it's going to be basically like uh, Matt Stafford hucking the ball around, and he has no problem doing that. You're right, that, and the fact that we're talking about these quarterbacks, they're not going to be top tier. But even when you're drafting some quarterbacks, you're you're saying to yourself, okay, does this guy have the potential to draw to jump into that top five? Because there's going to be guys like that that are going to go from, you know, they're being drafted from the 10 spot all the way down to the 20 spot for quarterbacks. And one of those guys is going to be a top five at the end of next season. You can count on it. It's money in the bank. So it's like, is Matthew Stafford have the ability to be that guy? And I just don't see it. I just don't think he can. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see him jumping in the top five. I've got him at nine. So I would probably agree with you there. I think that there's better guys that have an opportunity to jump into the top five that are deeper or within what we're talking about here. Breeze, like the guy we just talked about, I'm a little more high on going into the top yeah. five than I would be a Stafford or a Ben Roethlisberger, yeah, you know, for so. sure. We got a lot of comments coming here. Matt Ryan is going to wreck your ranks. We got, we got get, get into the damn. I missed the boat guys. Um, Sam Bradford, these guys we're going to talk about on our next week's show, which does remind me that is going to be next Tuesday, June 5th at 8 PM mountain standard time. Thank you guys for watching that wraps up our top 10 quarterbacks. If you haven't already, please go like our Facebook page and subscribe on YouTube as well as get our latest podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google play. Just search the words, the fantasy whispers podcast, or go to the fantasy until next Tuesday. I'm Johnny game time Hicks, and that's big Travi and we're out. Peace. Later. Thank you for listening to the fantasy whispers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google play soundcloud and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF whispers.